Hey, thanks for joining us and listening to our podcast, The Shelleys. We're your hosts, Kayla and Seth Shelley. This podcast mainly documents our life, living up north, raising our kids, caring for our animals, really everything in between. So, can you hear the dogs barking in the camp park crackling? Something's going on, obviously. Probably. I think the neighbor's home. We're back outside, guys. That's why it's so different. Because it's full moon, and it's just nice being outside. I mean, you're probably cold. Well, no, the fire's pretty nice and warm. And, I mean, I spent most of the day building this fire pit that I hope works. Well, seems to be working okay so far. Yeah. So far. So far. It just doesn't look as... I had a different image of what it would look like in my brain. It's not super aesthetically pleasing, no. It's not the worst. It's practical. It's functional. It's got a lot of random concrete between Hmm. rocks. Yeah. Don't do that. I'm looking up stuff that we're going to talk about, you dingus. Hmm. Why did you do that? Because you just sound so distracted. I'm looking, I'm literally looking at stats of the things we're going to talk about today. And you flicked my phone out of my hand. It didn't get out of your hand. You do this all the time. It drives me nuts. Okay, do you ever feel like, like a plastic you're having bag. a conversation with someone, except it's a one-sided conversation because they're just staring at their phone? Yeah. Sometimes it annoys me and I just... I hit the back of your phone so it flies toward your face and scares you a little bit. I was on the phone the other day with somebody. <coughs> and I was talking to them. And they were doing this. I was having a conversation and then they responded to the question I asked. And this is how they responded. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. They were like um, trying to have a conversation. I said, what are you doing? Like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just looking at my phone. I was hmm. like, yeah. Now you know how to... I feel. So I was just looking up uh, stats on podcasts because we're going to we're gonna kind of switch gears here, folks. We're going to have to. We have to do something. We have to switch gears. What do you mean by switching gears? Um, we got to niche down a bit. Mm-hmm. So things that just talking about random stuff is, can only go so far. It only has gone so far. Yeah. I mean, we haven't been doing it forever. We've been doing it since January. So, it's time to has like... Has it been that long? Yeah. Wow. I think so. So, we just need to get a little more specific. So, I was looking up stats. There's roughly 2 million podcasts on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Um, and there are also 48 million episodes as of April 2021. Holy... Apple confirmed, so this is the Apple podcasting, um, that there's only 550,000 in 2018. So, that's that's pretty crazy. If you think about, in 2018, 525,000 active shows with 18 million episodes. And now, I'm not good at math, but now there's 2 million. But, uh... It's crazy. Everyone starts podcasts. That's what I've heard. Lots of people start podcasts. Um, 
And, you know, it's one of those things because 50% of people, according to polling data, listen to podcasts. But they don't listen to podcasts about nothing. I guess so. I think it was important for us to practice setting up and making a schedule and making a routine. But I just feel like we need to do something that's going to get... We have a very faithful base of about 22 people that listen. (laughs) Hmm. So... I guess we gotta figure out what that's gonna look like then. What do you think it should look like? I don't know. The things that I think of that I could talk about a lot are parenting, marriage, um, Moving. <laughs> Moving. We've talked about all those things. Animals. I think it would be good to maybe do more of like a... We're not sure yet. We're just letting you know it's not going to be so random. You know what is random, though? What? I'm reading these stats. Who does these? Who does this research? It's literally on the stats. Um, 51% of bottled water households. So I'm assuming that means people who buy bottled water are podcast listeners. 57% of baby food households are podcast listeners. 53% of beer households, 56% of juice households, 54% of milk households, 54% of cereal households. Well, of course. I always wonder how they get these stats, too, because literally I've never participated in any surveys to do with, like, almost anything statistic-wise. Like, who's out there like, oh, man, I really want to appeal to the cereal market? wonder how many people who buy cereal <laughs> listen to podcasts. What a weird stat. Or baby food. What yeah. What does that even mean? I can understand. Well, bottled water, too. That doesn't really make sense to me. I guess if you're advertising, but still, like, advertising, I don't know. It just seems weird. It's like, oh, we want to know. We want to hit the uh, cereal market. <laughs> Who's buying cereal out there? Maybe that's what we should do. We should start a cereal podcast. Instead of cereal killers, we should start a cereal podcast. <laughs> I could do my my serial killer um, TV show voice. Which is what? It was a cold July. That's more like movie guy. Yeah. Hmm. I guess that's right. Hmm. Yeah. I think we should talk about homesteading, even though we don't homestead. It's funny. A lot of people think, you know, I've had a few people say, like, oh, man, how'd you get Kayla to live out in the bush? How'd you convince her to live off grid? It's like, guys, we've never said we're off grid. Like, literally. No. We have TV, Xbox, we have power, we have flushing toilets, we live close to a highway. I think people, though, I was thinking about it today as I was in the backyard here. I was looking around at the trees and looking at my birch tap and, you know, I'm tapping a birch tree. I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, I thought, I guess if you live in a city, you would never, this would be so foreign to you. You would think this is off grid. Whereas, like, we, look at people who are actually off-grid and think, oh, man, that's off-grid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, perspective is key. Yeah, I don't know. We're still pretty, um, I don't even know what the word would be. We're still pretty integrated into a lot of city life aspects. Yeah, I mean, well, Quinnell's not a city, but, yeah, we don't live, like, you know what I mean, though? hours we down have, Gravel Road. We have internet, and we have a, a well with running water, laundry, you know, we, yeah, TV, Netflix. Yeah, it's weird. But I, like I said, it would be foreign to somebody who's used to seeing. Off grid, I think of those people like in the show, 
Life Below Zero. Yeah. <clears throat> where they're like, everything's solar powered and they have to bring in their own water. They never see anybody else unless they go to town. Yeah. Like town is like a big planned trip. I'm like, man, I can drive 15 minutes and be at a grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely not off grid, but we are away from the busyness of town. And we are on property and we do try to live sustainably yeah within our means yeah but we don't we also don't go that crazy with it i hope we're no. not like leading people on no but i also really can't say that i know very many people who do a lot of the things we do for example like building waddle fence chicken coops well we didn't build the whole coop that way but yeah i see no but you waddled parts of the inside of the coop and the outside of the coop and you know, you cut down all your own stuff to build that. Yeah, mostly it's because I'm cheap. Like, if I had a million dollars, I would buy stuff. Yeah, but how do you think homesteaders did it? They didn't yeah. come there with a lot of money. They had to be frugal and figure out ways to do things either free or super cheap. Yeah. They had to pinch pennies. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Else I don't think it would be called homesteading. You know, one thing I really like doing is tapping those birch trees. That makes me feel off grid, for whatever reason. Really? Well, because you just trees everywhere here. I know but you're drinking something out of a tree. To me, that just seems so, like it doesn't get more earthy than that. You know, interesting fact: I've been pushing birch sap uh, or birch water on a lot of people. And if you haven't watched our video on YouTube about tapping birch trees, you should. And if you have issues with, uh, if you're on magnesium supplements or you get a lot of cramps, you should really look into the benefits of it. Uh, now, be careful. You don't. You got to look into the all aspects of it but one of the guys i was pushing it on he's on magnesium supplements and he gets really bad cramps after he rides his bike and i told him about birch sap so he tapped a birch tree he got really bad cramps today he drank a glass of it no cramps all gone hmm. i wonder if he drank it before if it would help him stop that's what him. i said and i said and he said i usually get cramps really bad at night when i'm sleeping they wake me up i said not tonight hmm. not tonight you won't it's crazy like i feel pretty close to the best I've felt in a long time. There's something about that cold birch water that just it makes it invigorate, it like rejuvenates you, it like revives you. Like you would think it would taste weird, but it tastes like water, just mm. with maybe a little bit of a sweet aftertaste, like someone put just like a little spoonful of sugar Or like a little spoonful of honey or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah. It, it's it's very pleasant. It's so refreshing. There's something weird about how refreshing it is. Mm-hmm. Like it's so refreshing. And it's cold coming out of the tree, which is neat. It's funny because one of our kids was like, um, I don't really like the taste of it. It's like, it doesn't really have a taste. <laughs> I think you just probably have a hard time getting over the fact that it comes from a tree. The spout tapped into a tree. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. They'd have no problem having maple syrup. Yeah, and it only runs for a little while. Like once the leaves start coming out on the bird streets, it's over. It's done. So I noticed that you froze a bunch in the freezer. Yeah. So you just thaw it out when you want to drink some? Yeah, not? my plan is to thaw it out in the summertime. Like just bring one out in the summer and just have a little pitcher of cold. Well, I'm also thinking of maybe yeah. hunting season. Like elk hunting is still mm. when it's it's pretty warm when it's elk season. Like it's not cold. Like well. Elk season starts September, so I'm going to be doing some scouting in August. And I was really hot last year. September was warm, 
And so just to, just to be able to carry a little bit of that in my backpack and rejuvenate mm. in the field, not don't have to bring Gatorade or anything like that. Yeah. Bring Bertrade. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it'd just be fun to... We're not going to make sap, or sorry, syrup. No. Because it's just so much work to make syrup. We tried that last year. I think it's 70 to 1. I'm going to look it up real quick. So last year, actually, Seth had the idea to tap birch trees and collected them all and then went away and I had these buckets full of birch sap and I tried boiling it down to make syrup and it was just a disaster I and I was doing it inside too so it just made everything sticky and I had to wipe down all the counters and cupboards and fan and oh I was way off on the ratio so for maple syrup 40 to 1 so maple syrup is about 40 to 1 to get, you know, 40 gallons of sap to get one gallon of syrup. Um, birch, 110 gallons <laughs> of sap to make one gallon of birch syrup. So it is a very, very lengthy process. And that's a, I don't know, it's a lot of work. It's so much work. And it's so good to just drink it. It would be a lot of fun to try it down the line, but right now it's just... We've got a lot going on with four little kids, and sometimes you just have to learn time management a little. Well, yeah, there's yeah, there's just things right now that you just can't, you can't do. So here's what the birch water has, which is why it's so good. So for uh, 300 milliliters of birch water, it's about nine calories, three grams of sugar, two percent of your daily dose of calcium, 95 percent of your daily value of magnesium. 130% of your manganese and 3% of your daily dose of uh, zinc. Which is pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. I wish it was iron rich. Yeah, that'd be great if it was iron that'd rich. That'd be great for me. Yeah. The, the only day. downside of it is that you can get too much manganese, I guess. I didn't know that was a thing. You're only supposed to get 9 to 11 milligrams a day. Um, but a single dose of birch packs three milligrams of manganese so hmm. I, I only drink about a jar i drink about a mason jar every day i don't know if they can hear the trucks in the background i don't know i don't know i don't know either probably they Sounds can loud to, to me hmm. anyway so this weekend what did we do this weekend oh we started uh we got really serious about the garden boxes and fencing off the garden yeah which we should have probably thought out a little better because <laughs> now we have to go get dirt and uh i fenced off the garden boxes already and i really don't want to take the fence down to put the dirt in so i'll have yeah. to get creative no we got serious about it because it's it's almost time to start planting and uh we want to make sure that we're we're ready for it yeah and we we found the coolest way to do potatoes I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to try this i'm so excited as well actually. not only is it going to be i think really easy but it's going to look awesome so seth sometimes finds these like random garden things online some good some bad and oftentimes i'm like i don't think i could do it that way like for example just scattering seeds the wild garden yeah no order i guess it's just kind of yeah random and messy and that's not me i like rows i like 
grouping them together and what they are so that I can just know what's growing. And so I kiboshed that one. But this time Seth found this really cool way of doing potatoes. And I'm really excited. Yeah. So basically you take like a like a page wire. Like a tight I lead. don't know if it's called page wire for real. I think it's page wire. People call it garden wire. I think it's page wire. Or fence wire. Whatever. You find wire. So it's not chicken wire. Wire it's fencing. But wire it's like fencing. big It's like the one inch. No, no. It's a smaller one. It's a tighter one. Oh. Like the inch by inch or whatever. It might be like one inch by two inch. At any rate. And you make like a circle. So you make basically make like a barrel shape out of it. Mm-hmm. And it's tall. It's probably like five feet tall, six yeah. feet tall. So you make a big barrel shape, like a 50-gallon barrel kind of shape. And then you uh, you pack the bottom with some straw and then some dirt and then your seed potatoes and then dirt and then straw and then dirt and seed potatoes and dirt. And you kind of just go the whole way like that. And the that. seed potatoes, you... you put them in a circle around the outside of the wire so they're facing kind of out toward is that what he said yeah that's what you do so they're not in the middle of the circle oh yeah yeah, all around the outside of the circle yeah and then you just they just start sprouting so you have this like layers like it's like a bean layer dip like five layers of potatoes and they start growing and all the leaves come out of the side of the like wire barrel thing yeah, so, so you it's get these like, like cylindrical a tube, like a upright tube of potato leaves sticking out, like it looks like a 3D garden kind of it's thing. It's gonna look awesome. It's gonna be so cool. And then when the year's over, because you've zipped, okay, sorry, I missed a step. So you zap strap them, or zip tie them together, and then when the growing season's over, you just cut the zap straps, and it all falls out, and your potatoes just fall on the ground. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. Because potatoes, we were just, we were talking about that today. That's why we looked it up, because. We don't have a lot of garden space. We've got a big garden, but not a lot of garden space. And well, I should, and I should like preface that we have we only have a couple garden boxes. We got a lot of things to grow in, uh, yes. tubs and stuff. But potatoes, you need a lot of space. And it's like, oh so man. So we've done a, I've done a lot of meticulous planning space-wise this year, just to make sure we have enough space for all of the th- things we want to grow. Last year we had like ten to 12 garden boxes I would say already in the place we were in plus a greenhouse and the house that we're in now um, there's two kind of long skinny garden boxes that are here already Um, I'm working my way through weeding one of them right now and it's really not fun (laughs) there's a lot of um, deep roots from whatever was planted in there before so I'm working my way on there but um, yeah so Seth built kind of like an addition onto the end of those and made another big garden box but the thing with potatoes that he was talking about is um you kind of need a deeper one because you have to mound them and they grow kind of up in layers so you start out with like one half of a potato and it grows into a big plant that has that harvest like i don't know what 10 to 15 potatoes. It depends. It depends how much space there is, honestly. Yeah. And typically that's the problem you run into is that you don't have enough, like, movable dirt and soil. So, like, you kind of max out. So, like, typically you need a high... So, people do these all these, like, neat things where it's like they build a box that they, like, grow with their potato plant. And then we were just talking about that today. Like, you add a layer onto this box and then your potatoes keep growing up. But... And so... And we have some pretty, like, rocky soil, sandy soil underneath. So we don't have a lot of, like, 
We can't go down. Well, and the cost of lumber right now is ridiculous. So we don't really want to build like really nice, pretty garden boxes out of like $100 pieces of wood. Come on, if you've seen <laughs> us. We don't do a whole, the only thing that we do nice and pretty is uh, nothing really. <laughs> oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> no, we, like typically our things are more <laughs> practical than they are like pleasant to look at. Yeah. You don't think that's true? I think that's true. I'm not ashamed of that. What? Yeah. It's not that I'm ashamed of it, but there's definitely times when I wish things looked a little more pleasing to the eye. But Yeah, I don't disagree, but also I think I would rather not spend my money on things that just look okay when something that I make can do the exact same thing. And I think also it's different if we own a house. Right now we're not um, owning, we're renting. And so... It's not permanent, right? Like, it's something yeah. that we don't want to invest a ton of money. Reluctant to put in a lot of money in a yeah. place we're renting. In case we move, you know, down the line. and Like, we've been talking about digging a root cellar. And I, I'm humming and hawing. Like, I can I can get someone to come help me with a, a mini hoe, but it's like, we don't, we don't own this place. Yeah. Like, I'd love a root cellar, but I also don't want to put in all the work and then be like, oh, we're moving. Exactly, yeah. So, right now, it's all just, like, sticks and wire and... <laughs> It is going to be a problem. If we get a lot of potatoes, I don't know what we're going to do with them. So, this is something I heard a long time ago. And I don't know, maybe anybody who's listening, if you've tried it, tell me if it works. <laughs> I heard a long time ago that if you want to keep potatoes and you don't have like a cold storage room or whatever, you can store them in kind of Rubbermaid tote bins with lids in like sandy soil. But where are we going to keep the bins? <coughs> It has to be somewhere like dark and cool. It's so cool I mean, here. We've got outbuildings here that we could. Yeah, maybe but I wouldn't say they're an, any of them are dark enough though. They all let in a lot of light depending on the time of day. Uh, maybe the only spot would be my little shop. Yeah, your little shop back there might work. That's not a bad spot. You gotta walk all that way to get potatoes in the winter. You can get a potato like a bin at a time though. We could get a potato gun, and I could just shoot the potatoes back to the house. But if we had a root cellar close to the house, that would be sweet. You know it's true. It's just we don't want to invest the... Yeah. You know it's true. A root cellar would be awesome. Yeah. Eventually. But, again, we're renting. We won't be here forever. And I just don't... I don't know. I don't want to do a lot of things to the actual property that we might have to fill in or change before we leave when the time comes. That's a good point. This is going to be the problem we have with like trying to narrow down our focus. We just talk about whatever. It's a hard thing. But I'm looking at you and I know that you're just so tired. And I am. Uh, it's been a long weekend. It has I been a long worn weekend. Down. I'm tired. You sound worn down. Yeah. So I'm going to be really gracious and I'm going to end this podcast early. Oh, thank you. So gracious. Yeah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to sing for everybody to close <laughs> it out. I'm going to tell them a story. Okay. <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We're, uh, if you have any ideas on how to store potatoes or other things like that, you can go to our Facebook page, The Shelleys on Facebook. And uh, we try and respond to every single comment. And so I know there's a lot of people that listen. But for all seven of you, we will respond <laughs> to your comments. So, uh, hey, and if you follow our Facebook page, we just did a great giveaway. And we're going to do more giveaways. Mm -hmm. We just gave away some local honey 
creamed and non-creamed. I feel like, not that I like play into gender roles or anything like that, but I feel like this one was a bit more feminine of a giveaway, I guess. I love honey, though. But it was, I, well, yeah. But you, you spearheaded like this one. Yeah, even the way I decorated the little basket with, you know, little sage, dried sage and little doilies and stuff. Like, it was just more what a of weird my word, idea. eh? Doilies. Doily. Doily. Next, next giveaway will maybe be a little more geared toward. Next giveaway is my giveaway. And it's going to be fantastic. Yes. Not that yours wasn't, but I'm excited for mine. And I know you were really excited for this one. I was, yeah. And I, we're kind of like saying, okay, Kayla, you do the first one. I'll do the second one. Try and, you know. My next giveaway, to harken back to the beginning of this episode, is going to be appealing to people who buy cereal. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, 51% of people who buy cereal love giveaways. What about bottled water? Uh, no, bottled I'm not water. into the bottled water market. <laughs> Those bottled water people can just uh, juice box, uh, water bottle, a uh, juice box type thing. Cardboard. <laughs> uh, a cardboard, a uh, juice box, a uh, water <laughs> bottle, a... Uh, uh, type uh, water bottle milk carton uh, type thing. I can't believe that happened. I can. <laughs> I can believe it happened. Anyways, before we get all political, thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great night. listening to this episode well we have good news you can watch us in person doing some of the things we talk about spending time with our animals doing fun things with our kids whatever you can find that on youtube if you look up the shellies and uh, if you enjoyed this episode do us a favor like subscribe tell your friends but most of all tune in for the next one we'll talk to you then <laughs>